You rock. Wow. God, and then you expect me to like be saying something brilliant after that. Okay. Um, one thing I did want to say about the core values, for those of you who don't know, we don't really do, we do our transformation class in order for you to know who we are and what we do. What the, we have a huge vision here. Like Encounter Church is called to build the huge vision. The huge vision is not Encounter Church, although Encounter Church is part of it. Um, so that's what that's for. The core values, instead of kind of like your new believers class or your, um, you know, this is who we are and these are our 12 statements of faith and all that kind of stuff, we like to give you the DNA of who we are. But, you know, how many of you know in each strand of DNA, there's a ton of revelation. So Shalise went through, and she is like book reader extraordinaire. She's picked through all the kind of so-so, mediocre, whatever, this is us, no, that's that's not quite, you know, whatever that is. She's picked them out, hand-picked them, and there's such an anointing on that. If you will grab a hold of those things and just dedicate yourself, if you can't make it to the class, get all the books and dig in. Because that is totally, and, and if it's not who you're supposed to be, that's totally fine. You just do whatever. But I'm just saying, grab a hold of that. Because we don't want you just to kind of know who we are and what we stand for. We want you to be, if this is where you're called to be home, or if this is where you're called to intersect for a season and leave, whatever that is, we want you to receive whatever that is. And so grabbing a hold of these, honestly, is the fast track. We are all about transformation here. If church does not transform you, if an encounter in a body of believers does not transform you, there's something wrong. And that's why we call it encounter church, because you're encountering God. You know, what went on here was encounter, okay, was transformation. That's normal Christianity. Like, if you pray and nothing's happening, you're abnormal. We love you. And Jesus is wild about you, but it's some, something's wrong. So if you're not getting those results, okay, or honestly, if you're wanting an upgrade and an up ramp, tie into all these things. Tie into the prayer force. We have it once a year. Tie into our encounter ministries training. Encounter ministries training is everything we do up here, including the prophetic art. But then at the end, we have all our prophetic everything. We could kind of be called prophetic mountain but we just do prophetic prayer. It all works together. But if you want to be ramped up in the prophetic, if you want to be ramped up in healing, if you want to be ramped up in the creative arts and manifesting power in that or all of the above, just come, just come. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. You know, Shalise got the download that this was the year of limitless possibilities. Okay, you know what? Every year, actually, is the year of limitless possibilities. But, you know, there's a focus that the Lord wants you to grab and run with. And if you're going to do that, that means you're going to have to grab a hold of people that honestly are, are, I don't say contending, because you've already been contending for. But let me tell you what you're contending against. You're contending against unbelief. You're contending against personal limitations. You're contending against, of course, the enemy's always resisting. I mean, he's like, you know, like a peewee idiot, okay? But if, if he's big in your eyes, he's big. And that's okay, because we've all been under. Okay, so I'm just saying that's what you're contending against. So grab a hold of these things. These are the these are the shortcuts. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Okay, sorry, I preached something I wasn't really going to preach, but anyway, it's good. So, well, welcome. We're excited. Um, you know, it's funny. Last uh, I preached last Sunday. How many of you 
receive some of your Christmas presents this week? How many of you remembered to unwrap? I'm seeing hands. I got some feedback. Okay, that's really pathetic. I love you guys. No, I'm just saying, and honestly, let me, can I be, I'll be honest with you. Well, I wasn't exactly going to lie, but I didn't receive all of my presents either. Um, so we need to be reminded, right, to open our, every day, we've, every day is Christmas. And so we just need to be reminded to open, what, what do you have for me today? I'm wide-eyed, I'm bushy-tailed, I'm excited. Okay, Daddy, I slept in front of the Christmas tree, and where are they? Where is it? You know, whatever. So just, um, I just encourage you to do that. Because he is so not stingy. And um, he loves, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, I hope it's said in the, uh, I hope it's heard in the right way I'm meaning it, but he loves to spoil his kids. He loves to spoil his kids. He's an abundant God. I mean, worship was all about extravagant, extravagant love, um, ridiculous love, adoration, Right? These are not little weeny wimpy words. These are God. He's, he's an over the top God. And if you're not experiencing over the top, well, hang around. Hang around. Tie into things because there's more. Shalise always says there's more. And it's true. There is more. So we just got to go after the more. It is okay. It's okay to be right where you're at. It's okay to be struggling right where you're at. There's a way past that. Okay, there really is a way past that. So if you're not experiencing it, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm an anti-condemnation kind of person because that, that has been a huge struggle in my life is condemnation. And if I, I smell it in any form, I just can't stand it um, because it's so unhelpful. It's so unhelpful. Even honestly, when you totally blew it, like when you blew it, when you went out of your way and chose and dove in there with both feet to blow it on fire. Okay. <laughs> Right? And you meant it. Like, you're sinning and you mean it. Like, okay. Um, you're not allowed to be condemned because what's going to get you out of that is going to be knowing who you are and knowing your relationship in Christ. And that's a little bit, a little bit. I have a little bit of that today. Um, I was going to do kind of like part two of opening presents, but then God, um, kind of interrupted me through Robert and, and changed the whole sermon. Right before I left for the conference, I was like, oh, wow, okay, just the night before the con- Okay, so what, that's good. I like that because I just like to be on track and I like to be available. I want to do what the Lord says to do so we can totally abandon all my plans and, sh- and gear up for his, so it's good. So, so Robert came up to me. He was the one that, by the way, if you don't know Robert, he's awesome, but he was the one that came up and gave Brian, my sweetheart, um, the phone and whatever. He'll probably interrupt us a couple times because he likes to do that. Um, anyway, uh, that particularly if I'm on the mic, just to throw me off. So that's fine. So he came up to me and he said, why do you always boss me around? And has anybody ever gotten that from your kids? Like anybody other than me? Okay. Um, so, and I was, you know, I'm trying to think of like the intelligent response. Um, and I just said, Jesus, how do I answer this? And, and he really kind of gave me a download. And I said, sweetheart, if you would control and discipline yourself, I would not have to step in and boss you around. I'm like, ooh, Jesus, that's good. And then the Lord turned around to me, the prophet of the house, whatever, and turned around and said, hmm. And I was totally busted. Isn't, don't you love that? So 
you get you get the sermon around my being busted, but I just kind of figure if I'm going to be busted on something, I'm not going to be busted alone. So join me in the busting. There's always upgrades. You know what? When you receive correction like a good son, like a well-beloved son, like you welcome it because it is upgrade time. It is upgrade time. That is the that is the acceleration point. Like if you want to grow, seek for his loving correction, his pruning. And it is loving. Why? Because he wants you to bear more fruit and more excellent fruit. He wants you to manifest himself more of him, like to look more like him, which means, I don't know, I haven't arrived yet. Just sorry, it doesn't blow anybody out of the water, but just hasn't happened, um, but is going from glory to glory, just like you. And what my heart is to give you permission to be right where you're at on the way to where you're going. And sometimes that means like you need to get on the way to where you're going. Sometimes we need a little kick in the backside or a big one or serial ones because we're kind of stuck at where we're at and we're making excuses as to why it's okay or why it can't be done or whatever that is. Um, and so um, that's so it's, you know, we've all been there, but let's just not stay there. Right. So, you know, it's interesting. It has been a pressure cooker couple of weeks just because there's so much ramping up, there's so much ramping up. And it seems like just when I, I like filled every slot and every available commitment, um, here comes a whole fresh batch. And, um, and so I was feeling really stressed out, too many projects and too much to juggle. And then, Oh, let's throw a conference in there. And you know, whatever that is. And, um, and they're all good. And I felt like they were all God. I felt like there was not, no, that can't, no, that can't, no, that can't go, no, that can't go, no, that can't, what, you know, like, how much of me is there? And, um, so I was actually, um, I responded in the adult way. I got mad. And so, um, (laughs) there's, you know, too little time, too little sleep, um, and too little resources, right? And, um, and I found myself mad and I was stress eating. Has anybody done that? I'm, no, I know I'm the only one who would ever do something like that. Okay. So I was stress eating and then I was mad that I was stress eating, right? So I was just mad and I was behaving badly. And then I was mad that I was behaving bad. Then I was mad that I was mad. Okay. So like this is really productive. I'm just giving you like permission to be honest about your struggles as a leader in whatever capacity that looks like, wherever that manifests. Um, you know, I'm not saying sin is okay. I'm just saying sin happens. It's kind of like the skabala happens, if that's Hebrew for the stuff that hits the fan. And um, so stuff happens, okay? And so, um, and you can say it because skabala is in the Bible. I'm just saying it is. It is in the Bible, so I'm scriptural. I just got scriptural backing. Uh, and you know, God knows where you live, right? And so, um, but we got to get out from that place. So just because it's where there's no condemnation, it's not okay to camp out and just give yourself permission to, you know, indulge. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you a little bit of the process that I work through to kind of get out of that place. And so what the Lord laid upon my heart and is the name of this uh, sermon. I hate to call them sermons because it sounds so sermony. Message. Message sounds better. The name of this message, and that's who's the boss. Who's the boss, 
right? Isn't that good? I'm like, Jesus, that's really good. So, um, I was, I was mad. And so I, I did the right thing when I was mad. Um, you know, I just cried out to the Lord and I'm, it's okay to be mad kind of with the Lord. It's okay to be mad at the Lord. Just realize that he's not your problem. So I knew that he wasn't my problem, but I was just mad. And I said, you know, Jesus, I know you too well. You know, I know you too. There is a better way to do this. And this is not you. And I'm mad and I need your help. And, and your help's got to look and feel and smell like help. Okay. All right. So how many of you, how many of you felt like there's help that didn't look and feel and smell like help? It just felt like this is conceptual help. I don't need conceptual help. I need rubber meets the road help. Okay. So there is a reason. So I, I love Holy Ghost because he's really smart. And, um, and, but you know, it's interesting because I had reached a level of torment in that place. And so how many of you know when you've reached a level of torment, you are not alone? What that means is most likely you have a little critter that's taken advantage of the situation, right? And sometimes it's a spirit of fear um, because fear has torment. And sometimes it's a, whatever that critter is, it's a condemnation critter or whatever. Mine was a condemnation critter. Um, and so really at that point, I just took authority over that because I didn't need that level of complexity. And honestly, I have no patience. I really have no patience. And it's really good to have no, it's like, seriously, you think you're going to take advantage of, no, this is not happening. And you just cast that sucker out. If you're having problems with that, God, go to our prayer force training. That'll totally help you. You'll have no problems with that. So I took authority over that just to help you. I want to, want to kind of give you like a little thing that you can do at home because I know maybe some of you might struggle at home. I'm just guessing. Okay. So anyway, um, and it was funny because I took authority over him. And, um, and I, I could feel something lift and I could feel the Holy Ghost speak. And he was like, you know, you know, I'm here. I've got the answers. Um, and I, it was kind of funny. Um, it wasn't really funny at the time, but it's kind of funny looking back is that he was kind of amused. Now I'm mad. You know how annoying it is when someone's amused when you're mad. I'm serious. Like, Lord, I really, okay. I could, I know you're in, kind of enjoying this in a way. I must be adorable in my mad, but I'm just really mad and I don't feel like being amusing. And, um, and he just smiled larger because he's God and he thinks we're adorable. Um, even when we're mad <laughs> and, um, and I, I knew at that point he was basically there. It's like, Catherine, I have the answers. Just don't worry. And that was really all I needed. I didn't need to really know the answers. Sometimes just knowing that he has the answers and you're connected to him, you know they're going to manifest. And you need to be patient in the place where the answers are there, but you don't want know what they are yet. Because the answers are always going to look like him in some form. They're always going to look like him. Like there's a reason why he's called the helper, because he helps. And he's really good at his job. He's really good at his job. And so we need to be in the place where maybe, you know, you've got that place, you're mad, you haven't really received your answer yet or whatever that is, but you know that he's the answer and you can wait. Do you know when you're confident, you can wait? Do you know when you have faith, you can wait? You don't have to have it manifest right in front of you to believe because actually that's not faith. But you know you're in faith when the fear goes away and you can just settle down and just know that one way or the other, the answer is there. 
and you're going to have access to it in a way that, that looks, feels, smells like help, looks, feels, smells like whatever it needs to be. And then having done all, you stand. And that really is your fight of faith because you haven't seen it yet. If you saw it, it wouldn't be faith. It'd just be like the, the prayer that was already answered, but now you're on to the next problem. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, that was me. Um, you know, it was interesting because I was disciplining my son with something really wise. It was really wise. And the Lord used it to discipline me because I'm a good daughter. And he disciplines those he loves. He really does. And it's a sign. You know, it is a compliment. How many of you have run across kids or people that you've tried to discipline or correct, not because you're trying to be the know-it-all, but because you're trying to be helpful, and they, like, clearly they need it, and it is not received. Like, how many of you have that? Okay. So there's only so much that you can speak. You, so you It's like a, a wall. They're just not ready to receive. But when you're open and receptive to the correction of the Lord, man, the Lord can move you fast. That's when your transformation process can happen really fast because he knows what it is. He knows the project, that internal project of conforming you into the image of Christ more than you do. Maybe you think you have a patience problem, but maybe he thinks you have a faith problem. I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is he's working on, but being aware of what the Lord is touching and cooperating with that process is a fast track to your personal growth is a growth is a fast track to your personal transformation and let's face it you know god's number one agenda is conforming you to the image of his son and you know what that's not going to come from okay i'm going to be more loving i'm going to be more loving i'm going to be loving love is faith love is kind love is you know and we start to spout it out we just kind of boot it up by our now we choose to love we do need to choose to love but the truth is where we're going to get into that place of the image of love is going to be that place where we really have renewed our mind. And that requires a lot more encounter on a lot deeper level than just behavioral modification. I mean, it's good not to slap people when they annoy you. That's a good thing. Okay. That is not looking like love. Okay. It's good just to control the impulse. It's good not to give someone the bird when they cut you off on the highway. Okay. That's a good thing. Especially if you have a little, one of those little fishies on the back. Okay. I'm just saying that could blow your witness. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, okay. Um, but that, those are good. So let's self-control. There is a place for self-control. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you're transformed because that part of you that honestly is not seeing that person that cut you off in a greater context, um, and is having a hard time loving that person. Okay. You know, that just means we just need more transformation. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, my husband hates that when I do that. He told me last week, he hates it when I say ding, 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 but I probably will slip in there. So just forgive me in advance. Um, okay. So the title of this sermon was who's the boss. I love this. So I actually have scripture. So we're going to have church. This will be good. Um, and it's Romans five seventeen. This is an awesome one. I have like 12 versions of this because I love this so much. So I'm going to pick my favorite for the minute. I'm just going to do the new King James for a moment. Hi, sweetheart. Uh, I don't think so, buddy. I'm sorry. Why? Um, because I'm preaching and I might need my computer. This is Robert, and I told you he would perform for us. Thank you, honey. He's awesome. Okay, so Romans. Um, okay, 
We love you, Robert. Can you play with Dad's phone? Awesome. Okay. Um, okay, so Romans 5.17. Um, I'm just going to do it the New King James. Uh, For if by one man's offense reigned through the one much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's unpack it a little bit. I got some other really yummy scriptures on that. They're just, it's so fun to look at that one. Um, the CEV version, and for the life of me, I can't remember what that stands for. Does anyone remember what CEV stands for? Century English version, contemporary English version. Thank you. Got him. Okay, I got it. So excited. Okay, so um, that version says that we will live and rule like kings. See, when you live and rule like kings, you're the boss. You're the boss in whatever is trying to boss you around. You see, condemnation is trying to boss me around. Um, overeating, like carbohydrates, because I was tired and cranky, okay, um, that was bossing me around, okay? And I was abdicating my kingship and just saying, okay, I feel bad. Give me a carbohydrate. Okay. So, um, right? Okay. <laughs> I know you guys have never done that. The Living Bible says, um, it says that through the gift of forgiveness and acquittal, like you've been acquitted, you've been forgiven and acquitted. So like when the enemy comes against you to condemn you, it's like the trial is over. Like they can't bring it up and you cannot be tried again. Okay, you have been acquitted. You have been forgiven. The new covenant is a gospel of forgiveness. Okay, so if you've been forgiveness, it is really not only bad taste for the enemy to bring it up, it's actually illegal. And for you to entertain the accusation is somehow entertaining the fact that somehow Jesus didn't do a really good job on that cross. And you deserve to be condemned for something you've already been acquitted for. You know, I tell people, you need to resist condemnation like you resist sin. Because if you're ever going to get over that sin, you got to get in the place where you're empowered to live in that gift of the abundance of grace and the, and the free gift of righteousness. You've got to be in that place, and that's what's going to overcome you. You're going to rule and reign from that place on whatever is making you bow down and be less than who you are, whether that's a, um, a disease in your body, whether that's a disease in your finances, whether that's a disease in your relationships, whether it's overeating, whether it's pot, I don't, sexual do, whatever that is, we, you know, stuff happens, right? And so, um, that's the place where you're going to come from that. So you need to resist. That's like, oh my gosh, you don't get it. You know, it's like devil, just talk to the hand because it's not going anywhere. You have that discussion with Jesus is just see how far that's going to get. Because honestly, I'm too busy talking to Jesus about this sin to bother with messing with you. It's like, it's really none of your business already taken care of. And you need to just draw the line right there. Um, stage one, because you don't need any extra stuff. You've got, you've already got a sin issue. You've already got an unbelief. You know, ultimately sin is unbelief in Christ. The sin of unbelief. Somehow Jesus didn't, doesn't quite cut it where the rubber meets the road. Somehow that sacrifice on the cross didn't quite cover it for you. Not that we kind of like would agree with ourselves, but somewhere inside us, we just have an unbelief problem. Okay, and that's why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
because our not, minds need to be removed in that place of unbelief. And most of the time, we don't even know where that unbelief comes from. That unconscious, usually it's subconscious. Like maybe you had a bunch of people die on you and you've got this lie buried way down deep that, you know what, cancer means death. And, you know, and as long as that's happening, it's going to be pretty hard to manifest healing when you pray. That thing's, that puppy's got to be rooted out. Okay. Um, the New Living Transformation says they will have power in life by Jesus Christ. How many of you need some power in life? How many of you need some big honking power in life? Okay, we need power. We need dunamis power. Now, we have authority. We have authority, and we need to sit in that place of authority. That, that really is the place, honestly, what we were kind of talking about. When you receive that adoration and that love, you're receiving that place of unconditional acceptance. Well, you know, how do you know when you've got a big daddy, you know you're wildly loved? Well, you know your daddy's going to back you up. You know you've been granted his authority. You're a co-heir with Christ. You have that authority. But let me just tell you something. If you have the badge, but you don't have any power behind the badge, it's like you're the police officer officer with a water pistol. Okay. And I'm just saying when that, that crook, when that thief, whatever is challenging you and you whip out your little water pistol, it's not going to go really well, even if you have authority. So you need both. You need to reign in life as a king in the authority and dunamis power, the, um, the power of might in life. Okay. The uh, New Revised Standard Version says, you've been given the abundance of grace. I love that abundance of grace. Like how much, it's an abundance. It's like, you will not lack. Like how much grace you need. Like in that place, okay, where you are struggling, okay, that is a grace issue. You are not going to get out of there by pulling up your bootstraps. Okay. You are not like, it's okay. I mean, self-discipline and exerting self-control, that's good. Because you are exerting, you are exerting your dominion. But I'm saying you're going to run out of steam if grace is not the root of that. Okay. And some of us in some areas have been so under it for so long, we really just don't know which way's up. Okay. So grace is going to get you there. Okay. So, and I lost the one that I was at. Okay. Hold on. Um, so the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness, excuse me, exercise dominion through the one man. We are exercising dominion. You're exercising rulership as a king, as royalty by Ray. Awesome. Um, and I love this voice one. Listen, if, if one man's sin brought a reign of death, you know, rain, death, it really sucks because we you know what I hate about death is that really in this life, it really does get to have a say. I mean, our bodies will die. That is really annoying because it's such an anti-Christ thing. I understand that it, it happens, and I, I just feel like it's, it's, it's so not God's heart. It's just a product of the fall that we die, yeah? And that does happen. It just doesn't have to happen the way it frequently happens, Yes. And it says, if one man's sin brought a reign of death, that's Adam's legacy, how much more will those who receive grace and abundance and the free gift of redeeming justice reign in life by means of one other man, Jesus, the anointing? You know, you reign in life through Christ. It's your oneness. It's your union with Christ where you reign. See, if you're focusing on you, okay, that's a, there's a problem right there. Because I've met myself and on my best day. 
it's not necessarily that impressive, you know, compared to whatever I'm up against. Ooh, but I've met Jesus. I've met, as Shalise calls him, the scary Jesus, the one in Revelation 1 with the wool and hair and the eyes of fire, that dude with the bronze and the this and that, and he is like, don't mess with me, Jesus, okay? He's the overcoming from the dead Jesus, okay? That one is the one that you're one with. Like, it's a good thing you're on his side because you wouldn't want to be facing those fiery eyes, Okay, okay, but just realize because you're one with him, those fiery eyes are behind your eyes. So when you say it, it bows. Why? Because it's responding to that fire that's in you, right? And because you know that, it's going to bow. Because you know that it's going to bow. It's in the place that you don't know that where things won't bow. And it's in that place, honestly, where you don't demand that it bows, you know, I'm a big believer, like you pray and, and nothing happens, you pray again. Why? Because, excuse me, it was the name of Jesus. We, we didn't use the name of Catherine. We used the name of Jesus. You will honor the name of Jesus. You will bow to the name of Jesus. That is righteous right there. You don't mess with that. And you demand that it bows. Okay, so in that place where things aren't bowing, there's some level of I'm not completely sold out. And, and, and there's no condemnation Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus where you're not completely sold out, but I'm saying that's a problem. That's a problem where you need to bring it before, before Christ and say, I got a problem. I got a sin problem. I got a, I prayed and it didn't bow problem. I got an unbelief problem. I mean, I've literally come up to you and I do this actually fairly regularly because I don't know. I'm really aware of the places of unbelief because I, I know what, what the standard is. And it's like, I haven't hit it yet. I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't freak anybody out, but I just, uh, these works and greater works, I just haven't hit that yet. Um, but we are going from glory to glory. So in the place where there's a breakdown there, you take it to to Jesus, say, Jesus, I pray for that cancer. That person died. What is, what's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? Because I know it's not you. And I'm not going to be condemned in my breakdown, but I'm just saying, I got to think like you if I'm going to get real results. And I got to think like you in the innermost parts. And I will say, the more you do that, the more results you're going to get. The more results you're going to get. And I felt like one of the things this year, and I don't think it's like a huge uh, focus, but this is a year of limitless possibilities. We're going to be seeing a whole lot more miracle signs and wonders. I'm just saying that I just, that is just in there healing, healing, healing. I mean, go after it, go after for that raising from the dead, go after it because it needs to bow in Jesus name. That is a righteous thing. Now I'm not saying that you're, you're doing that because you take it upon yourself. I'm saying is you, you get the assignment from the Lord and then you don't let that thing go. You jump on like a, like a, well, I'd like to say a duck on a June bug, but not everybody gets that. So a bulldog, just jump on that. A dog on a bone. Like you're not going to let that thing go, right? Because it's yours. Let me tell you the places where I've gotten ridiculous, impossible miracle breakthroughs have been the places where I just have not let go. I just won't do it. And if you're, if you're seeing anger, it's righteous anger because I will not see the name of Jesus mocked by that thing not bowing. Are you, right? 
And that's why you go after that thing and you pray again and you pray again. And having done all you stand now, make sure you're not striving. Make sure you're not in, you know, that's that place where we treat back as beloved kids. But we come out as this, this beloved child. We come at that place of being loved and adored and just whatever. Aren't we just the cutest? That place, okay? You come out of that place as a strong son. And you are expanding the kingdom. And at, at the words that are coming out of your mouth that are in line with what Papa's saying, you expect it to bow. Why? Because you're expanding his kingdom. You know, we are on assignment. We are not only on assignment to expand the kingdom, but to occupy. You see, if you expand the kingdom and you don't occupy, what happens is you've expanded it. The enemy comes in. He takes it right on back with interest. And then you cycle back and then you're fighting the same battle again. Okay, I'm saying you expand, you occupy, you expand, you occupy, you expand, you occupy. And that's that's what we're called to do. All of us. Every one of you are called to do that. And you're going to start with whatever it is that the Lord has a project to do. Maybe you just need to start on, you know, resisting headache. That's a great place to start. Whatever it is for you, whatever the project is for you. It may not be a healing project. It may, may be a financial project. I don't know what that is, but God has a project. And we're all in training. We're all going from glory to glory. And we need to be patient with ourselves in the glory. We also need to realize that whatever comes out that is awesome and amazing and earth shouting, whoo, Jesus. Okay, we don't get our identity from that, right? Because we got our identity way back here as beloved daughters, as beloved sons, right? And so every time we start to get a little bit too excited about our press or whatever that is, or in need of good press or whatever, we're just feeling insecure, we need to head right back in there and get settled down that who we are is just a beloved kid. So if we did nothing, like if we did nothing, we'd still be beloved, right? Because that's a whole ball of wax. But truthfully, we can't, you know... If, if you stand around being beloved long enough, you're going to come out like a, like a, like a son of God, you know, kicking butt and taking names. I mean, you'll just be doing that. This, just, just cause you're manifesting Christ because you're called to expand the kingdom. Okay. That was a little digression, but it was good. I thought that was good. <laughs> All right. So when we lose our cool, like I lost my cool, um, and the control of ourselves and the control of our emotions, like when we're, when we're out of control. Okay. What's happening is that we've gone in that place of ruling and reigning as kings to subjugating ourselves to whatever it is that made us lose our cool. So if it's the example of, okay, I'm driving up the pass and some jerky face cuts me off and I gave him the bird. Okay, if that's what the scenario was, okay, okay, I don't really give birds anymore, but it's a cute thing. But, um, uh, okay, so we'll do something else that maybe I saw somebody like, ah, I wouldn't do that. Okay, so what would you do? Okay, let's say um, you prepared supper for your husband and your husband was like, well, that tastes like garbage. And you just want to, okay, well, you can have it in your face then. So that'll work out. Um, you know, whatever that would be look like for you in that place where you've lost your cool, you've come under the subjugation of the anger of the offense of whatever that is, or where you've lost it, let's say, um, you know, in the overeating scenario, you've just honestly been subjugated by a plant source, like my carbohydrates, whatever that was. Okay, somehow the plant that I was given dominion over somehow has dominion over me because I forgot who I was. And, and I mean, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but get right back up there. 
get right back up there. You know, if it's uh, smoking, that's implant. You know, we were given dominion, and God never took it back. Okay, He never took it back. So you were given dominion over everything in the earth realm except one another. Except one another. Okay, we submit to one another in love, but we do not have dominion over one another. Okay, that's called domination. Okay, that's called intimidation. That's actually called witchcraft is what that is. So we don't have that, but we have dominion over everything else. So as ruling and reigning as kings and, and expanding the kingdom and occupying till he comes, okay, that place, okay, we have incredible power. We have incredible power. And so it's those small things where we're losing it that we need to take back to the Lord and say, God, I, I lost it. I forgot who I was, whatever that was. We need to forgive ourselves. And we need to pick up our toys and move on, yeah? Um, sometimes we run into a problem of other people's opinions and fear of man. Like, how'd I do? You didn't like me. You, whatever that was. And all worried about what other people think. Um, you know, that I was, I'm talking to my daughters, and of course they're teenagers, and so that's kind of like, how it rolls when your teenagers is like, do I look okay? What do you think? Do you, do you think I'm weird? You know, it's like, yeah, I think we're all weird, really, but you're fabulously and you're weird, okay? So, um, you know, all that insecurity and things like that and worry about what other people think. And the truth is when you are so worried what other people think and how other people are going to accept you, okay, you've just given them power. You've just subjugated yourself to them. So if I water down my message because I could offend you, now I, I don't want to be offensive, but let me tell you, there are some things that are offensive. The gospel is offensive. Jesus was offending people left and right, and he really didn't care. I'm just saying. The gospel is offensive because it's so full of grace that the ones that you can't earn it, so the ones that feel like they've earned it are all ticked off at the ones who got it and weren't, weren't, weren't as, their performance weren't as good as mine. So like, dang, they got the car. And listen, I've been toiling in your fields and I never got a lamb, you know, would have to party with. Okay. The elder brother scenario. The gospel is offensive, but I will say this. The gospel has to be preached regardless of how it offends. And so we can't be in the place where we're all worried about other people's opinions. And I will say this. Not everyone belongs everywhere. For you new people, if I've offended you already, forgive me, I love you, and just you're going to have to forgive me, but you need to go where you're planted, where the Lord is planting you. If I've offended you and you still belong here, it probably means that there's something that you need to work out between the Lord, okay? But I've got to keep on pummeling it the way the Lord is telling me to do because I'm going to answer to him. And you need to be the same way wherever you are. So you're not being offensive to be offensive, but sometimes you will be offensive. And you can't get all wishy-washy and apologetic because someone didn't like it. Like, we got to get over this. They don't like me. Well, it's okay. Jesus does. He does. Um, and I will say this. if it, It's, it's um, in the manifestation of who you are, you can't apologize even for your mistakes. Now, you need to own your mistakes. Okay, but you can't apologize for making mistakes. Because you will. Like, if you're not doing anything, then you're not making mistakes. Um, and you will make mistakes. But So you can't apologize for your process, is what I'm saying. You just got to own where you need to clean up in your process. Okay. I see about 12 different ways I could go here, so I'm just pausing for just a little bit.
you know, it is good stuff because it's God's stuff. Yeah, it is so, um, you know, one thing. One of the things that we're creating in our culture here is a self-acceptance of where you're at, that it's okay to be where you're at. Let's face it, we all have issues. Um, some of them are, are more flaming and more external than others. Um, but we all have stuff. We all have ugly stuff, okay? And so it's okay to be where you're at. You know, a lot of us are so disappointed that we're not further along than we are. And I'm just saying you're at where you're at. And apparently Jesus doesn't have a problem with you being in process. He has a problem with you being unwilling to do anything in your process. Why? Because you're not manifesting. Because you're not becoming, and you're not, not being transformed into his image. So that would be a problem. And he will probably, um, he's going to, I'm just telling you, I, it's not even probably, he's going to, he's going to bust you on that. He's going to, he's going to convict you on that. Okay. Um, but it's okay to not be further along because you are where you are and you need to be okay in your process. Like I'm at where I'm at and I, I know I need to be further along, but this is where I'm at and I'm fabulous just right here with my old messy self. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I'm trusting God for the next level of glory, the next level of taking your dominion and ruling in life as a king over whatever that is. We need to be accepting of one another. Okay. You know, religion stinks because religion is you having to perform to be approved of. And it sucks whichever direction, direction it comes from. It's condemning and it's totally disempowering. And it causes everybody to wear a mask because in order to be accepted, I've got to be whatever. Well, if you've got a stinky habit, pot smoking habit or whatever pornography habit or whatever the, the deal is that you're struggling with. Okay. I'm not saying it's sin's okay. I'm just saying it's okay to be struggling and it's okay to accept and love yourself in the midst of the struggle because that, that's going to empower you to get to the place of overcoming that thing. Um, which brings me to my next point. Good segue. Okay. So, um, second Corinthians and I, did the wrong verser. Um, 10, 3 through 6. Um, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh, using our mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. That means your weapon is not pulling it up by your bootstraps. Okay? Uh, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, and the church said amen. I know you guys know this scripture and this awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll just interrupt you in your amen. I wasn't asking for one. But I'm just saying most of us, if we've been in the word at all, have come up against this, okay, have come up to the scripture. And I, I felt like it was time just for a little refresher, a little booster um, with this, because a couple things. If we're gonna rule in life, if we're gonna, if we're gonna be the boss, okay, if we're gonna rule in life, we're gonna have to take out our weapons. And it's not gonna be because um, we're faking it, because we're exerting our natural gifts and talents all those things. Some of us are more, you know, outgoing than others. Some of us are more strong personalities than others. And that's not, that's not what's going to cut it when you have a spiritual battle. 
You know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone recently, and they were saying to me, you know, Catherine, I have this area, and it's been really a lifelong area, and the enemy comes and mocks me in this area. He just comes and mocks me in this area. And I try to exert authority, but both he and I know that I don't believe that I have authority in this area. And I just thought, like, dang, that's awesomely honest. Like, God can help you there. Like, you know, in that place, like, I, I know what the word says. I know all this. I know all that. But, you know, honestly, I'm just, I just, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm smack dab in, like, overwhelming unbelief in this area. And so that is awesome. Because, I mean, I'm not saying it's awesome to have unbelief. I'm saying it's honest. Because clearly there's a breakdown. Otherwise, you would have already overcome the problem. The problem is that we don't overcome the problem, and then we pretend like we're not in unbelief. And there's no condemnation for having unbelief. You're just not writing in life as kings. So let's go to Papa with our unbelief. Dad, I'm sorry. I know I know what the word says. I know I could preach it. Um, but honestly, I am, I'm reeking of unbelief here. I just, I can't help myself help my unbelief. You need grace and you need whatever it is the Lord is going to give you to help you get past your own unbelief. So we don't need to play games that somehow we're so much these faith mountains as, you know, these faith giants, you know, and I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm a little mohill of unbelief right here. I'm not the faith man. I'm mohill right there. There it is. It's sucky and I need help. And it is okay to be there, okay? And get what you need to overcome that. Because how are you going to overcome it if you don't admit there's something to overcome? But let's talk a little bit about the weapons of our warfare. Okay, I love this. Now, um, I love this. The weapons of our warfare are spiritual. They're not carnal. They're not in the flesh and blood. You're not going to work it up, okay? But let's see, what are we battling against? I love this, guys. This is so good. And this is why I like it in the Amplified Version, because it amplifies it. It's really good. So the weapons of our warfare are coming against arguments. How many of you had an ar- how many of you know what the word of God says and then like at the end of what you know the word of God says you get that but get that but right um by your stripes I'm healed but I was called to do these works and greater works but Heal the sick, raise the dead, but, okay, I'm just saying, we've all had arguments, okay, and we had arguments with ourselves, and, but I prayed and it didn't work, but I prayed and they died, but I prayed them to raise them from the dead and they are dead, dead, okay? Theories. We can get really, and the enemy is so good at this. Like he's, I'm just saying, if you're, you gotta be wise. We're gonna be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Because let me tell you something, the wisdom, the enemy has wisdom. I'm not glorifying him. I'm just saying, know your enemy. And he's got arguments. He's got theories about why it won't work and why it doesn't work here and why it won't work for you and why, oh, that sin problem, well, you just got disqualified. And why, I mean, all this kind of stuff, rather than just putting it flat out, I just have unbelief here, or I just have ignorance here, something, okay? Reasonings. Oh, my gosh. Okay, how many of you have kids? Thank you. Okay, appreciate that. Just making sure you're awake. Okay, so reasonings. Okay, like, okay, so how many of you 
you're telling your kids this needs to happen, and the kid gives you a two-paragraph dialogue about why that won't work, why that's not good, why that can't happen, why they couldn't possibly get their homework done in time, and they've reasoned it all out and why that's important. Okay, I can't lose weight because da 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 da. And the truth is, I, there's a other bunch of truth, but it's not da 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 da. And I've reasoned out that. You know, I deserve my carbohydrate overload because I had a hard day. Whatever that is, it's a reasoning. And I love this last one. This is my favorite. Every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You see, anything that is like, this is Jesus, this is the gospel, and everything that is not that is a thing that's exalted itself up against the knowledge of that. Because Jesus doesn't change. So you know what? I don't care how much it's exalting itself. Jesus is Jesus. The problem is our knowledge is the problem. And I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about where the rubber meets the road, that experiential knowledge, because it's come to exalt itself against that knowledge. So somehow Christ in you, the hope of glory, is just going to stay stuck inside. And whatever it is that's exalting itself up is just going to nanny, nanny, boo, boo. We're just going to exalt ourselves. And... Lord over you. You see, whatever you're not lording over is going to lord over you. So if you haven't lorded over the finances and you're not gaining ground in that area, okay, let me say, that thing is exalting itself against the knowledge of God right there. Because let me say this, God's not in debt. God is not a slave to the lender, okay? I'm preaching to myself, so I just hope you know that, right? Because I know all of you guys are, don't have a problem. But, all right, so that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Every place where we, we've, you know, um, I don't know, just compromised is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Why? Because Christ in you, the hope of, you know, you're supposed to look just like Jesus. Jesus doesn't have a temper problem, doesn't have a weight problem, he doesn't have a pot problem, he doesn't have a pornography problem, he doesn't have a, doesn't have a poverty problem, whatever the, he doesn't have a health problem, he just doesn't have problems. Except he has an unbelieving church that needs help in, his, in their unbelief. That he's wild about, by the way, in the midst of their unbelief. So he's, he, the, the need is for us to get on board with him and get on board and recognize, you know, I, I get that this is exalting itself against the knowledge of God, but the problem is I feel so under it. I feel like I just need help. And that's okay to admit that. It's okay. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It just makes you in need of his grace. Hello. It makes us dependent on him. And we get into trouble when we think we have it. Okay? We get in trouble when we think we have it, when somehow we're not dependent on him. Okay, Jesus, oh, great. You know, I appreciate that cross thing, but I can just take it from here. Yeah, that was a really good thing. Kudos to Jesus. Yay, we love you, Jesus. Okay, I'll take it from here. And we do do that. And it usually results in doo-doo. So, um, you know, so we just need to, need to recognize what we're needing. Okay. So the true knowledge of God is everything that looks like Christ Jesus and everything we have in Christ Jesus and everything that he's placed in us as co-heirs in Christ where we're ruling and reigning in Christ, in, in Christ as kings in the earth realm and expanding the kingdom and occupying the kingdom. Expanding and occupying. That's our, that's our job description. That's our job description. Okay. I already did that. 
Hebrews 4.16 in the voice. This is a good one. So let us step boldly in the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help when we need it most. See, when you need it most is when you don't believe. God, I'm reeking of unbelief here. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm dishonoring you. I, I know I am. I don't want to dishonor you. I just don't know how to get there from here. Help me. He's really good at that. He's the helper. He's really good at that. I'm checking the time. Okay. Because I recognize the Broncos are coming on at one. So if you guys need to step out, if I'm going a little too long, you just feel free to step out and we'll bless you and love you and all that kind of thing. But for, but for those who want to stay, that's great too. But we are going to be wrapping up in just a little bit. Okay. So we need to step boldly. You know why we step boldly into the throne of grace? Because we've already been invited. We're one with Christ. That's, a, that, that's our place. It's like that's your house. So we step boldly into what is ours, right? And we receive help and mercy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm beefing. I'm the leader of the church, and I'm whining, and I'm mad, and I'm overeating, and I'm, whatever I'm doing with my sin thingy, and I'm having a crappy attitude, and all that thing. And I just need to go boldly to the throne of grace because I need help in my time of need. And that's you, and that's me, and that's all of us. It's level playing ground. You see, when we're suckered into sin, whether it's overt sin or covert sin, whether it's external sin, okay, say sexual sin, something that everybody say, ooh, that's really bad, versus the internal sin of, oh, well, I'm judging because I kind of think, well, you know, that person really doesn't have it all together. And if they were like me, um, you know, they'd really have it all together. Okay, whatever that sin is, um, whenever we step into that sin, we've just taken the place of being subjugated under that sin. Sin is now having dominion over us versus us having dominion over sin. Okay. And, you know, we just, sometimes we just need a wake up call, right? And that's kind of what this is. I don't think I'm preaching anything particularly new. It's just timely because Jesus said it was timely because he's smart and we do what he says. Okay, so Romans 8.31. So what shall we say then in response is these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, in that place of condemnation, you think that someone is against you. And you do have an enemy, by the way. It's, let's be clear, he's a defeated enemy. Like, he doesn't get an opinion. I t- whenever he talks to me, that's what I tell him all the time. You don't get an opinion. Like, you don't get a voice, excuse me, and I muzzle it in Jesus' name because you're just annoying and stop it right? Don't entertain the enemy. Okay. I mean, like if you invite the enemy in, okay, he'll eat, eat your lunch and take over your house. That's what you do when you entertain the enemy. What's not going to happen. I'm going to die. You know, I'm going to go under whatever he's saying that the Lord would not be saying to you. Like you're not a good Christian because you're an unbelief. Do you think you're really saved? You know what I mean? Whatever shame, whatever that voice is, that's not Jesus's voice. Okay. All right, that thing just needs to talk to the hands, right? You, know, you don't get an opinion, and you make sure he knows it. Um, that was good. Sorry. Uh, so God before us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? We talked about this last week because it's actually one of my favorite scriptures, and it seems to apply to almost everything. But, like, if he didn't give up Jesus, like, what is he going to deny you? Like, he gave up Jesus, so everything else which is substandard to Jesus, he's going to hold back, right? 
help in your time of need. I'm struggling with unbelief, so I just I need help with my unbeliever. Something's broken. I'm believing a lie here. And the lie is really feeling like truth. And the lie has been confirmed so many times that it bears so much more weight than what your word says. And I'm really sorry about that, Jesus, but that's where I'm at. Because when I prayed, my mom died. When I prayed, they didn't raise up from the dead. When I prayed, we went bankrupt, whatever that lie is, okay? When I prayed, I'm still suck, stuck in my sexual, whatever that is, okay? Um, and, and we just need to be honest about that. We need to get the help we need. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. See, that's why the enemy, when the enemy is talking to you, you just refer him straight on to Jesus, right? Right? If God doesn't condemn you, excuse me, like, who are you? Who are you? Okay, yeah, Jesus is right over there. Just go ahead. Just tell, well, actually, he's right in here, but I don't want to hear it, so just talk to him as if he's over there because you're going to talk to the hand anyway because I'm not listening to you. You don't get a voice. Those lying symptoms in your body, they don't get a voice. I know they're speaking really loudly, but they don't get a voice. They will shush it in your presence. They will shush it. And you've got to be the one. Let me tell you, you may have all your prayer partners and you may have Deb and our, our rest of our ridiculously amazing anointed prayer team. But let me say this. They're not going to be the ones at two o'clock in the morning. You've got to do it for yourself, girlfriend and boy, boyfriend. I better be careful. Girlfriend and friend that is male. Okay. I just want to be clear because it could be taken out of context because people do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, huh. <laughs> I just totally threw myself off there. Okay. We're getting the end. We're landing the plane. So who is, who is he that can condemn us? It is Christ that justifies us. It is Christ at the right hand again, who is also interceding for us. Who is your prayer partner right here? Christ is interceding for you. Holy Ghost is interceding for you. Okay, so if they're interceding for you, just join right on in. I'll intercede. We'll just all call it an amen party. Why? Because he's trying to get that reality of who you are in him as reigning in life as king into your being. So that when you speak, things bow. It comes into order because you know who you are. Seriously, if you've been pushed around so much, you just need to get mad. It's like, wait a sec, you've been pushing around me? Do you not know who I am? Do you not know who I am? It's not me. It's Christ in me. But I'm saying we're inseparable. So you deal with me, you deal with Jesus. So let me just say this. You're going to push me around? Excuse me, you picked the wrong person. Okay, okay, you're going to do that? Okay, Ooh, it's going to be really good for me. It's going to be real, going to be big payback. You put cancer on my son, you mess with me? Oh, excuse me. It's going to be something pretty amazing coming out of that because you messed with the wrong person because I know who I am. See, that's part of our call here is help you know so much who you are that when the enemy does come around, like, let me tell you, if he's powerful, he's going to want to mess with you because you are a threat. But let me say, you're the one that decides how far he gets away with it. Okay? And then when someone alongside you, wait, 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 you're messing, oh, excuse me, you're messing with my friends. Oh, do you not know who they are? Okay, they may have forgotten just like uh, temporarily, like we all do. They may have just, but oh, that's why we come alongside and we join hands and we make sure that it doesn't get away with it. And you can literally train the enemy that when you come, ooh, they back off. They back off. 
I don't know how many of you have had that experience when you come in the room and the enemy literally starts manifesting because it starts to get really uncomfortable because someone walked in who actually knew who they were. See, the truth is you all are ridiculous. You are all, are all are so powerful, but dang it, we just don't know it. And that's our job to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And let me tell you, a lot of that is caught. A lot of that is caught just like unbelief. It's like the chicken pox. You stand around it, you're going to get it. But I'm just saying, so you need to be careful who you're standing around, who you're hanging around. Because those people that you're standing around are going to be, you're going to be just like that. Pick up the five people that you hang around the most in five years. You're just going to be just like those five people. So be very careful. I'm not saying you don't hang around as sinners, you don't love them, whatever, but they can't be your core group because iron needs a sharpened iron. And if it's silly putty over there, you're going to weaken the, the blade. I'm just saying, love the silly putty, pray for the silly putty, call the iron out in the silly putty, but just don't, they're not your, they're not your primary life giving people to hang around because evil corruption, evil, evil associations do corrupt good manners, morals, and character. They will corrupt that. Do not be deceived. And that's whether it's uh, just in person or whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on social media or whether it's on your TV program, whether it's in your music, be very careful. Be wise. Listen, we're supposed to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We need to be careful. Okay? And we are not the exception. We are exceptional, but we are not the exception. So who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, distress, or sword? As is written, all day long we face death, and we are considered a sheep to be slaughtered, knowing all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because you're so ridiculously loved, you are more than a conqueror. This is not just a rah-rah speech. This is a wake up to who you are. Take it out the door and in your own house and your own metron, your own area of influence, you exert that authority. Why? Because you're a king. And I, I, you don't want to be a sleeping king because a sleeping king's a, a slave. Let's be clear. If you are not occupying, okay, the enemy will come in and take his stuff with interest. And he doesn't, and he will do it rudely. He will do it with the kids. He will do it with those that have already been beaten up. And that's why it's so important as a body that we come alongside one another, not in condemnation, but just to help each other. We all need help. And let's be clear. Let's be quick to ask for help. Okay. But there are times when it's just going to be you and Jesus. And if you're stupid, the enemy, if you allow him to have an opinion, so I'm just saying, don't be stupid. Like if it's feeling like torment, if it's feeling like a downer, ooh, let me guess, righteousness, peace, and joy. No, does that not meet that criteria? Oh, it's the devil. Okay. Oh, that's good news because he's got a bow. And we entertain it way too long. Let me tell you, when the enemy comes in, you need to resist him at his onslaught at the very beginning, not wait for five years until he's established a stronghold, built a city and a mall. I'm just saying, we, we get silly. We get lazy. We can't afford to be lazy. We can't afford to be sleepy. And we can't afford to let those around us be lazy and sleepy. That's why it's a shake, 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 shake. Wake up, wake up. Remember who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you know, let's, let's, let's talk. 
Let's talk. But I will say a lot of this you will catch faster than you will get studying. It's important to study. I'm, I love to study this good stuff. But that won't necessarily transform you. You need to be around people who are walking it out. Make sure you're hanging around those people. They will call out the best. The ones, honestly, that won't let you get away with it. Let me say something about Shalise. We, I mean, I've said this before. I just love her to pieces. But she's not going to be warm and fuzzy when you're acting lazy and sleepy. She's going to be, wake up. She's going to be, oh, excuse me, I know, like, the roof is caving in. But, like, who are you? Who are you? And she's going to be calling it out. Now, there are times to vent. There are times when you just need to ball because sometimes it just hurts. And that is okay. You need a place for that too. But you don't need a place to uh, camp out with a little pity party because the enemy is happy to join you. And it won't be good. And it's unattractive. And it's annoying. So stop it. Okay. We are more than conquerors through those who, through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor any other, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just want to point one thing out in this litany because it is so yummy and this is good. This is like a Selah moment. All these things that won't separate us from the love. There is one thing that was left off the, the list. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you like, tell me what I'm thinking. Tell me what I'm, and I hate that when people do that. Um, tell me what I'm thinking. Oh, I hate that. Okay. Anyway, so I'll get off my boat. The thing that's left off the list is the past. The past can separate you from the love of Christ because God is not in the past. So in that place where you are feeling condemned because of your past, even if it was like uh, nine o'clock this morning and you are feeling condemned, you know, in that place of condemnation where you're bringing it up and you're rehearsing it, you're going over it and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to like, what did I do wrong? What did they do wrong? What, you know, and you're just all in that place. Jesus is actually not there. He's like, see, I'm over here. I'm in your present. I'm in your future, Right. Because I'm above time, but I'm not in that place of your past. The past will cut you off because God is not active in the past. Now, he can rewrite the past because uh, for those of you who've done our RMR sessions, and for those of you who don't know who that, that is, I'm not going to go into things, but these are sessions to help you rapidly renew your minds, a rapid mind renewal sessions in the place where we break down and the lie is sounding really true. Okay, whatever that is. But in that place, the Lord can revisit those past situations and re literally rewrite them in our hearts so that the truth has been rewritten where it makes sense, where healing sounds like healing and deliverance sounds like deliverance and uh, wealth sounds like wealth. And it sounds like, no, this is God. This is God. This is who I am. This is what I have. And so he can rewrite that, but now he's just made your past your present because he's just rewritten it, and that's your present reality. So I'm just saying, just a little interesting thing here. Okay, so the next time that you're feeling under, and I hate to say it, but it'll happen. I'm not prophesying that. I'm just saying I know life, I know people, I know the enemy, and sometimes we just get weak. Sometimes we just get tired. And usually it happens when you're weak and tired, like it did with me, right? I'm tired, I'm cranky, I'm underrested, overstressed, okay, whatever. Okay, so in that place where you're feeling under attack and you're feeling under, okay, you need to get righteously mad. 
When you recognize, wait a second, I am under, excuse me, I thought it was the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, but I am acting like the beneath and the tail right here. Beneath, okay, that's what's happening. I'm under and they're attacking my belly. This is not good, right? They're attack, okay? So in that place, you need to get, wait, 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 whoa, excuse me, wait, I forgot who I was. I forgot who I was. And you need to get righteously mad. Why? Because for Christ's sake, he's like, what, what you doing down there? You're, oh, wait, wait a second. Oh, wait, that, that's my daughter. And that's my son. And they're, they're, and that's, that's the devil. Okay. Well, something is not computing there. They're, they're getting their butt kicked right there. And that is, right? You've forgotten. So you need to get mad. Is that, wait a second. So I, I got mad. I got righteously mad. And I approached the Lord. I knew it was not his problem. It was my problem. I was like, God, I know there's a better way. I know you too well, and I know there's a better way, and I need your help. And he's like, fabulous. Let's do that. He can get on board with that because that's actually a, a proclamation of faith because you know there's something better, and you know there's a disconnect, and you know the problem is oh, probably not with God. It's probably with me. I don't know. Just, you know, Right? And you need to get righteously mad. Why? Because you were destined to reign in life. It's over that thing that's come against you. And let me just say this about that thing that's come against you. There's a reason. The enemy honestly does not have that many resources. So that means in the place where the enemies come against you, that is the place you find gold in there because that is a place that you're called to set the captive free. That is the place that you're called to minister. That is a place when you overcome, there's going to be a crazy anointing on that place. There's going to be crazy anointing on that place. Don't you, don't you, don't you be confused because the enemy kind of gets his pot shots where he can, but a lot of times it is strategic. So if he's attacked your family, you've got an anointing for family. If he's attacked your, your health, you've got an anointing for health. If he's attacked your finances, you have an anointing for finances. You do not pass go. You do not collect 200 until you grapple that sucker down. And what's going to have to be grappled down is really what's at work with you. Because when you finally get you straight in there, all you need to do is speak out righteously in line with the word and it's all over, but, but the shouting. Okay. Right. Right. Taking that place in reigning in life as a king means that you need to get in that place where you see yourself as a king. And like, oh, excuse me, there is a problem here. I'm a king and this is allowed to be exalting itself against the knowledge of God. I don't think so. Right? Right? Awesome. Awesome. Father, I think we've hit our time. We have. Father, I just thank you for, wow, your, the honor that you give us. And the exalted way you view your sons and your daughters. I thank you, Father, that um, you're patient with us. And that we all need to come up higher. And I thank you, Lord, that you are masterful in helping us get there from here. That we don't have to be stuck and be condemned that we're not up higher, but you know how to get us there from here. And it's going to be by your grace. And it's going to have a very specific flavor that is unique to us. And I thank you for the eyes to see and the ears to hear what that looks like for us. Because he has got a way out and a way up 
that's individual and personal and powerful. And I hear the Lord saying that on your way up and out, don't forget to collect your goodies along the way. He's got goodies along the way because you're not going to come up and out without a bunch of stuff that you have stripped from the enemy because where the enemy has come to steal kill and destroy he has your stuff there with interest and you're going out and you're going to rape and pillage the enemy you're going to ransack the enemy just like the israelites did when they came out of egypt and I just thank you, Papa, that you know how to get us there from here. I thank you, Father, for your spirit that is not content to help us, to, that when we forget that we are reigning in life as a king, and wherever we are forgetting that place and forgetting ourselves, that you remind us. Even if you need to spank us, it's okay. We just receive whatever correction we need to receive. And Father, I thank you for the grace to love one another enough to call it out in one another when we see we're faltering with compassion, but Father, we don't need to be stuck. You're so good. You are so good. You are so good to us. And you've called us to be a powerful church that's resting in you, that gets our identity from you, and then goes out and does exploits because we can't help ourselves. That's our DNA. Thank you, Father. I just thank you for ministering to your people for ministering to your people. I'm just sensing, I'm just sensing him just going through the room and just ministering. And so we're going to pause and wait a little bit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you for speaking. I, I thank you for speaking. I feel like there's a, there's one word or two very strategic words he wants to speak to you about your situation. So we're just going to linger. Or he may want to show you a picture, whatever that is, however you receive, or just a knowing, or just a thought, however you receive, but receive your, your words, so to speak, from the Lord. So, Father, we just call forth the, uh, the dimmer switch on full. In Jesus' name, we just rebuke darkness. Right now, I thank you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding so that we know what is the hope of your calling. And you've called us to be conformed into your image. You've called us to reign in life as kings. And we thank you for that. I thank you for bringing out the glories of the riches of the inheritance that have been placed in your saints that are there for the finding, there for the taking, there for the using, and what is the power within us, that mighty power that even raised Jesus from the dead. And so we thank you, Father, for the resident everything that is within us because we're one with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Awesome. Awesome.